Corey. Hey. I've got one for you. Okay. I've got one for you. Well, oh, I thought I God. did. Yep, I thought I did, but that's it. And you know what? It's panic exclamation mark at the disco. Mama said it's coming. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I don't like this. I hate it. I hate it because it's like it reminds me of like you know what I picture in my head is like the football players running on the field or whatever. It's so like self promotional in this way that I'm just like fuck you. That song was designed for that purpose. It was designed yes. for like high school pep rally. Scenarios. It has to be right. Yeah, I mean, but like that, there, there is an the entire sort of like sub genre of of music made by these sort of two thousand fans. Oh my god. Mama said. That's why they exist though. They 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 are totally directed to teenagers. And when I was a teenager, I was uh, already a grumpy 52-year-old I man. I listened to the opposite of that. I was like listening to the Smiths Heaven Knows I'm Miserable yeah, now. I, was, I wasn't I, listening to like I fucking rule 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 rule. Yeah, but maybe I, that's the problem. I was walking around like my my favorite Neil Young album is Harvest Moon. You old guys want to listen to the- Yeah, Corey's listening to Old Man, Look at My Life and he's like 14. <laughs> yeah. I mean that is not far from the truth. I was certainly not fucking listening to you Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I was right there with you, Corey. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. Man, that's- well, you know why it's these kids are doing they t- they just took a handful of Adderall and they're like, "Oh god." <laughs> Oh my god! Am I um, wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Give um, that kid a fucking downer. Only take Adderall if you're prescribed, folks. Uh, Don't worry, really the fentanyl's headed your direction. Oh boo-boo. Jesus! Oh, Sorry. that's so dark. Sorry. Oh my Sorry. god. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Well, let me bring things up yep. by saying, "What's up, ding dongs?" <laughs> um, shout out to all the, the Corey heads and kittens out there. <laughs> Uh, I, I got thrown off by the you're fired from <laughs> Donald Trump over here. We'll never for from here into as far in the future you can, as you can see, we're not going to escape him. You He's don't never think going away. He could die. He'll always at least be a gif. Yeah, but even when he dies, people are going to be yeah. talking about him yeah. all the time forever. Oh, oh, when he dies, that's the worst. Because remember when Reagan died and people were like Ronald Reagan, R.I.P. You know, steak Best sandwich. Best who ever lived. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Reagan. It's it's oh my goodness, never going away. Oh well. Um, anyway, this podcast is uh, is four hundred <sighs> four hundred deep, and it's not going anywhere either. Right? This yeah. Minute. At least well, right this minute. So right at this let's, minute. Let's no. start talking about. But the we started talking about fentanyl and Donald Trump, so we're off to a cracking <laughs> start. start. And Great. panic who at the wants disco. To sponsor us. Um, yeah. Uh, who who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. Let's talk about movies before I hurl myself Sad. off a bridge. Sad. Show me that smile and tell me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. <laughs> that went way too long. That was that was okay. by Panic at the Disco. Um, I, they should cover that. Yeah, they should. They should cover that. Okay, I, I'm about to slide these across the table to it's you. It's a stack and of videotapes. I got to tell you a story. Okay. These two come first, okay? okay? And they've got a post-it note on them, all I right? So I'm, oh, oh, I did a real shit job. No. It worked. Okay, so okay. these are like so many, compilations. Many, many months ago on uh-huh. my way to the beach, which I was driving down to Panama City Beach, I stop at a gas station. And Ooh-hoo. it was indeed, it was as if David Lynch and Larry David, they they directed a film together. And um, 
my experience in the store was that they had all kinds of crazy shit, including a big rack of VHS tapes. And um, of the VHS tapes, what I started noticing is uh, they they've labeled them on a on a post-it note and written the name of two to three films per videotape. Um, and yes, these are VHS tapes. And it makes for an insane triple feature. This is so, fantastic. Do you want to tell me the first triple feature that somebody hit play record at the same time and made on this tape? Okay. Scream 2. 1997's own Scream 2. Yep. All right. So far, so good. An American Werewolf in Paris, also from 1997. Yep. All right. Makes sense thematically. Two horror movies, two sequels. I don't think anybody given an infinite number of guesses could guess the third no movie. No way. Which is also admittedly from 1997, but it's Woody Allen's deconstructing here. <laughs> <laughs> All there, three in a row right there on that VHS tape. And the next one. Um, a little crazier somehow. Uh, L.A. Confidential, Alien Resurrection, and Airbud Golden Receiver. <laughs> now, that is the sequel uh, to the first Airbud, where uh, the dog is playing football, not basketball, hence the subtitle Golden Rece- Receiver. Let me tell you something. Okay. One of these days, we have a thing called VHS Time Machine. Where we throw a videotape in and we play the film yeah. and people don't know what they're going to see and it's always something fun and sometimes it's something that's you know really inappropriate and other times it's something that's really um, out of print. Um, I think that we have a very lengthy triple feature version where we just <laughs> throw one of these in and see how the hell it goes. Um, so maybe did- Bad Movie Night should have a. Uh, a Air little, Golden Receiver. A little interception. And it's right there. Um, did you ever make tapes like this? Because I did. I did. I absolutely did. And I'm about to slide okay. another tape over to you right, because this, this one goes a little harder. Oh, boy. This one somebody has printed <gasps> up, as you're about to see. Uh-huh. They have typed up on a st- on sticker. Remember the sticker paper yeah. you can print? And they have given what I thought when I first read it was just a synopsis when I first was like, oh, they, they went a little step further and gave a synopsis of the films. But this is beyond a synopsis. Okay. So I'm pushing this over to you. And if you would, do me the favors on this VHS tape and read, first of all, the f- the two films that are on there. And then if you would, the um, which, are, by the way, is a, is a deadly double feature. Wow. And uh, a really wild out there double feature. And then if you could give us the synopsis, quote unquote, synopsis that this person wrote up. So the film the films are Once Around, a movie I've never heard of from 1991. Uh, the a Lasse Hallstrom movie. Uh, he was the director of The Cider House Rules, among other things, starring Richard Dreyfus, Holly Hunter, Danny Aiello, Jenna Rollins, Laura San Giacomo, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and Griffin Dunn's in there too. I'm going to read this. And, and this, by the way, is it appears to be drawn from like one of those Leonard Malton movie guides or some equivalent because it is, except this is definitely OG to whoever made this. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. It, it is rated two and a half stars. Um, repressed Bostonian Hunter, as in Holly is swept off her feet by amorous and obnoxious super salesman Dreyfus who immediately alienates her close knit family and puts her in the center of an emotional tug of war. Malia Scotch Marmo's script embraces both offbeat romantic comedy and intense family drama. Some of it extremely moving, some of it off base as an acting showcase. However, it's superb. Co-produced by co-star Dunn, Halstrom's U.S. directorial debut, rated R, Triangle 
circle. Whatever that means. Those are some logos. And then what else is on there? Blood Fist 2 from 1990. (laughs) Rated two stars. It stars Don the Dragon Wilson and Rena Reyes. I've never heard of this. A champion kickboxer is spirited away to a madman's island for a series of gladiatorial death matches. (laughs) Doesn't sound like a complimentary second feature in the double feature. Very different films. Um, As I'm checking out, um, the guy kind of goes, you know, like, do you like movies? Uh, And one dude, by the way, is kind of is sitting over watching a boating show where people like talk about how to put a fly fly hook on a fish, Uh uh, fishing hook or what I don't whatever. And um, I'm like, yeah. And then, of course, my girl says, well, you know, she does some stuff. She's kind of helps helps run this movie theater in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, and the guy goes, oh. What's that about? Like y'all got what's that like, y'all? Like y'all got chairs and then there's a screen and it's yeah. a movie on, on like it goes on the screen then Yeah. I was like, Yes, it's it's a it's a movie it's theater. A cinema. He's like, So you get in there and it went on. It was like so you get in there and you get in the seat and there's other people in the room. Sometimes I mean- <laughs> <laughs> that's the hope. <laughs> um anyway, I'll be stopping there again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, you know, that was the positive side. The the other flip side to that was that there was some MAGA vibes for sure. But, sure. Well, you, you know, know, it comes okay. with the territory. So you um, get in a chair. I really want, I kind of want to go back with the camera and get him to do commercials for us. Oh, fantastic. So what Just to explain the you, concept of a you cinema. You get in the room and then there's chairs and then you sit <laughs> in a chair and then it comes on the screen and you got to, he's like, so like they got, they got sound with Movies since 1927 <laughs> or so, yeah. So they come with the sound right there in the room. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great oh, technology. Boy. So I used to record movies off of HBO on my little, uh, like nine inch TV VCR built in situation in my. You hit play, uh, record at the same time, and course. held your breath. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had a tape once that was like. The 1999 shark movie, Deep Blue Sea, which I've seen dozens of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pleasantville oh, and Rushmore. Oh, uh, man. And all of those got quite a wow. workout. I've you seen know, those movies a million You know, Pleasantville, we can times. watch once. I like that movie. Do you still? Oh, I guess I mean, five I haven't, minutes. I, I haven't seen it since um, I was in middle I school. I don't want to ask you to go back and watch it because I don't want to go back and watch okay. it. Okay. But I, I like Rushmore. Rushmore, well, it's Pretty good one movie. of my favorite movies Pretty of all time. Uh, and Deep Blue Sea, likewise, one of my favorite movies of all time. No, that's um, that's a classic trash delight for me. Well, if you find yourself driving from Alabama and the Birmingham area down to, um, you know, the Panama City Beach area, uh, and you see a rundown gas station, pull on in because you never know what you might find or who you might meet or, um, you know, what somebody's impression of what a movie theater is. This is fantastic. I love all You're these welcome. video tips. You're welcome. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. So, what we're watching, I had alluded to this earlier. Yeah. Um, I've seen, Pris- I've seen Priscilla. Sure. Okay? And we so talked I, about it. I, there's no reason to, to go into much detail here, but <clears throat> I did want to kind of finish up, if you don't mind, what I was saying yeah. about the film yeah, 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 earlier yeah. and our five-minute fight, which you can find in a previous episode. Um, I like Priscilla okay. Corey liked it okay as well, but I think I leaned, I mean, not do I only think, but we fought about the fact that I lean closer to the uh, very positive um, and Corey leans away from that. Yep. And one of the things that I did think was interesting about the film and i'm not suggesting it got it pitch perfect right but i'm also 
think that that's a difficult thing to do mm-hmm. is that it so we've got an individual here Elvis Presley who was an actual living being right at one point in time and uh Priscilla Presley who is still alive and with us yes yes and um unfortunately many of her family members are not and so here's the problematic thing and and I think that it's probably I wasn't alive in the 19 um 40s and 50s believe it or not even though I look like the crypt keeper um I know. Wasn't wasn't that sad? Corey's crying for me. <laughs> I am crying I, for yeah, you. Yeah, I need Botox, everybody. Oh, I need it Lord. bad. I'm gonna crowdfund for it. Um, anyway, point is, is that uh, I actually don't look that bad. I no, really don't. For my age, I don't look that bad. Come on. Anyway, point of the matter is, y'all, um, that it's problematic. I think even in the era. Okay, we're looking at this film and we're looking at the story through the lens of 2023. But I think that even in the era, it was probably problematic. As is, as is alluded to in the film, for somebody who was in their 20s to be dating somebody who was 14, 15 years old. Yes. It was more socially acceptable, but it was still not socially acceptable. Well, and, and there are characters in the movie who they don't comment on it explicitly because there's a lot of like Elvis sycophants around, right? Sure. are just like, yeah, we're just here having a good time. But there, you know, people look at Priscilla and remark, oh, she looks like a little girl. And she's the reason is because she's a little, a little girl. girl. So this is problematic and part but here's what I thought and and again based on based on Priscilla's book but what was interesting about it is is that this grooming not grooming don't know can't say don't have enough probably um at least given to us by this film right we don't have enough um evidence to tell us one way or another but what I thought was interesting was that it does begin to at least lightly build how much more complicated that situation was Aside, and I'm not excusing it by saying this, but it was more complicated than just saying, here's a person who who was a predator, who preyed on a young woman or preyed on young women in general. This is an individual who um, was clearly – there's a lot of shit going on that led him to to, um, desire and pursue this woman who was much, much younger than him. I think one of my problems with the movie is that it's kind of unclear – that's exactly what I like about it. What attracts him to her? But when... it's alluded to, right? So some of the things I, I don't. I I think it's subtle. I think it's light. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not heavy handed, and that's kind of what I like about it. But I think what here are the important parts, right? To me, that build this this conversation that she has, and I'm trying to remove my knowledge of this outside of the film. Uh-huh. But his conversation that he has with her about the loss of his mother, sure. which basically is the first conversation they really have yeah, 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 and how he feels lost and alone and doesn't know what to do. And that is directly connected to him telling her she needs to have the black hair, telling her what clothes to wear. It wasn't, he wasn't, it, it wasn't, it, what's weird is it's, the, as, as is alluded to, it's not grooming mm-hmm. somebody to look the way that you to to look sexy or to look some particular way or to do the whole like Lolita thing. It's grooming to make her look like his fucking mother, mm. and he's not having sex with her, right? Right, and that's very clear. That's actually a bigger part of the that's film a, than that's I think a it needed major to be. Maybe plot point in the movie. How is they're not having sex? Yeah. So it is. I think that those things come together to create this. Like, wait, this isn't the sort of textbook thing that we know about pedophiles slash groomers. There's 
not that it makes it okay, but there's something else going on here. And when you add the level of fame and the level of sort of insanity that was his world, um, I, I feel like the film did a pretty good job at building that. And I think the film did a pretty good job at building a couple of other things about Elvis that are very, that, that are not hit necessarily hard over the head, but that I, that are part of who he was as a human being, which mm-hmm. is that the military gave him his first pills period yeah. straight up and they didn't just do this with Elvis they did this with, with a lot of people those those drugs were made people overly um self-confident and helped them stay up all night and we did that to win wars yeah and so it, it and and we told them it was okay and the right thing to do actually and so it, it illustrates that very briefly we don't get it it's not terribly overdone um and i think we we get this i this concept and idea that he that while we think of elvis as somebody who now in retrospect was just at the top of their game for the most part of their life he was incredibly fearful that when he returned home from the war that he was not going to have a career anymore yeah and that that was going to be gone and i think he um saw almost as if priscilla personifies not just his mother on one hand but the sort of represents all all fans on the other right Mm. and that this and he's looking to her in many many points to say what are people doing at home what are they listening to it's almost like he's he's getting a survey of his fan base um and 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 sort of getting energized from that information from her and that validation that he is still relevant that's interesting that yeah. to me, I don't, I don't like. I'm, I'm saying way many more words right now than the film gives us. Yes, but it's all there. Am I wrong? So that's what I kind of liked about it. Is like sure. that's all there. It's all part of the surface of this film. I, I do appreciate, and I'm sure that this is something that will improve for me when I revisit this movie. That this film does not take the viewer by the hand and lead them to any sort of easy conclusions. Right. Like she lays it out. She shows it to us. She trusts that adults in the audience will be able to discuss these things amongst themselves and draw their own conclusions, especially pertaining to the age gap and the sort of grooming discourse. The movie does not sort of pass easy judgment on Elvis as a character, if only because the perspective is, well, I mean, the movie's locked into this sort of teenage girl's perspective. And, you know, to young Priscilla, this is a fairy tale. He's one of the most famous desirable men on the planet who, for whatever reason, has sort of set his sights on her. Of course, the fairy tale sort of curdles as time goes by and some of his more controlling elements reveal themselves. Um, So I find all of that very, very interesting. I just, I, Wish I found the movie in general more compelling. Yeah, um, I mean, I hear you. I just it's there for me, and I'm, 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 you know, that's part of what I liked about it was it didn't feel so didactic yeah. or so judgmental or so. Even though I don't, I actually don't think this is a positive portrayal of Elvis, right? I no. think you kind of come away from this being like, God, that is a, f-, you know, it's probably it's at the very least you feel very like much like that's a problematic human being. He's a certainly a complicated human being. Um, yeah, and it doesn't I, shy away from not that. a good, it's not him in a good light. No, it's generally not though that that's interesting too, because you know, Priscilla still talks fondly about him and you know, their time together was not necessarily always good or great. Um, but she doesn't think he was a monster and looks back on those years um, of their early sort of married 
But isn't life that and isn't that interesting? And isn't I, that I think that's very I, interesting. I mean, it's sort of. I mean, what's interesting here too is that let's draw a connection with another film that's in theaters right now, right? Which is the Killers of Flower Moon, right? Yeah. Killers of Flower, and 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 there's that. There's a similar thread there, and that is that the villain in this film still can be really charming and really lovely, and maybe questionably warm and and maybe even a, a able to show love in certain instances. Yeah. And that is a that is very complicated as well, but I mean they're they're both vampires draining what they need from women. Yeah. So, anyway, I um I I think oftentimes power dynamics especially at at other eras in time are way more complicated than sometimes we'd like for them to be. Yeah. So, for sure. I found that all interesting. What have you been watching? Well, I've seen a lot of things. Um, Priscilla, of course, I, I saw in cinemas. Um, I wanted to bring up a, a couple other new releases, though, uh, of interest. Um, first, um, a movie on Netflix called Nyad, um, which is the story of a 60-year-old woman played by Annette Benning, the great Annette Benning, who uh, was a competitive swimmer earlier in life, a sort of... Uh, endurance athlete who um, swam these extraordinarily crazy long distances. But the one long distance that she was never able to fully conquer uh, was swimming from Cuba to the Keys in Florida. Okay. Uh, and I forget the number of miles that is exactly. When she was a younger woman, it's she tried of, it. It's a lot of miles. Yeah, more than most people could swim. We'll just put it that way. So when she's 60 years old, she decides to retrain uh, and try it again. Uh, and so um, this movie is directed by the uh, documentary filmmakers behind Free Solo and The oh. Rescue. So they are familiar with endurance athletes and the sort of monomania and obsessiveness and uh, sometimes narcissism, right, right, that drives these people to do this. And so Benning's character, Diana Nyad, is very much all of those things. She's prickly, and she has to come to appreciate uh, the support team that she has behind her, including her coach slash ex-girlfriend slash best friend, played by Jodie Foster. Uh And that is why I ultimately came down on the positive side of this movie, Nyad, because Benning and Foster are excellent in it. Um, It's probably my favorite Jodie Foster performance in I don't know how long. Silence of the Lambs? I mean, (laughs) probably. She's... I don't know if it's my favorite since Silence of the Lambs. I'd have to look at a list. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't done like a ton of I, stuff in the last decade. I don't know that she's been very good since then. You don't ooh, know, that's a hot take, ooh, isn't that, it? That's a bit of a hot take. You're you're not a you're not a Nell fan. You're not Tay in the Wind. I am not Tay Tay in the Wind. Tay-tay. No, I'm not. Um, I, I think that's maybe bad movie night worthy. As am I wrong? Well, it's too boring for that. That's true. Um, no, I think she's really good in in Nyad. Like that, it's that good Jody that yeah. we haven't gotten in yeah. a while, and then that Benning's always good. Um, so worth seeing for them uh, alone. <laughs> you know, it's bad when you're like, it's that you know, you're the person you're playing against. Like this person's always good, and this is this other one. They're good right now, and this thing. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. I I would love oh. for Jody to like come out and really you know, kill it again in movies. She's more than capable. Yeah. Uh, and she's fantastic Agreed. when she wants to be. Agreed. I think. But she got lost in that, like, I'm a director now sort of thing. And yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, this is probably my favorite Jodie Foster performance since cool inside man. 
I would say in 2006, where she's the supporting oh, role God. in uh, that Spike Lee movie. Uh, great movie. Um, okay, what sure. else have I seen? Uh, I saw David Fincher's The Killer. Um, you like it? I loved it. Uh, it is David Fincher's brutally funny sort of hitman uh, post-capitalist hellscape uh, thriller starring Michael Fassbender as uh, the world's um, most boring hitman. He stresses at the opening of the movie that being a hitman is just a lot of waiting uh, and waiting and waiting. And um, then, you know, after hyping himself up for a bit, he takes his shot. Something goes awry and he is sent on uh, a desperate dash across the country uh, to uh, sort of seek uh, revenge against those who tried to uh, disrupt his his otherwise immaculate routine. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, um, but I found it delightful. Fassbender is is kind of icily perfect. Fincher's direction, immaculate as always. And uh, you've got some fun supporting roles here from the likes of people like Tilda Swinton, who shows up for a couple scenes, and um, Arliss Howard, and a couple other fun uh, folks like that. So The Killer is is a movie that I think is worth discussing more when more people have a chance to see it, because I don't want to yeah, spoil you. any of its surprises or pleasures. I will say, though, this thing almost wall-to-wall soundtracked by The Smiths which wild spoke to my emo heart yeah plentifully um so that is going to be on netflix as of the time you're hearing this so check it out if you haven't i saw uh, anatomy of a fall the palm door winning um courtroom drama thriller that we're screening um, at the cinema we are opening it at the cinema it's probably playing right now as as of the time you're hearing this uh stars sandra huler the german actress from tony erdman a great performance in that movie as a writer um whose husband dies after a fall from the top story of their very beautiful chalet um, she is immediately suspected that of of having murdered him, and um, the investigation turns up contradictory evidence, and all of a sudden she finds herself at the center of a kind of media circus and lengthy trial. And the French do trials different. French trials are nuts apparently because everybody's just arguing the whole time, um, but. What happens is that their marriage, their their very relationship is kind of put on trial and yeah. put under the microscope. And throughout the entirety of this, your your um, sympathies are fluctuating. Uh, you go back and forth. Did she do it? Did she not do it? New evidence is introduced that makes you rethink everything. And then uh, you get another perspective on that new evidence shortly thereafter that causes you to think through things uh, in a different way. And it it's just a really, really compelling and exciting um, drama that is absolutely worth seeing for those who are fans of true crime, False crime yeah. or anything else. I mean, it will really, French. really make you think. French things. Yeah. And, and you know, a large part of the movie is actually in English. That's one of the points. Yeah. She's a German woman living in France. So they Her speak French English, is not yeah. good. So they meet in the middle, speak a lot of English. Um, though there are plenty of subtitled lines as well. Gotcha. And then the other night, I don't know if you saw this. 
But AMC has just started a program that they call Seen Unseen. Um, oh, I've heard about this. This was like a mystery movie. So you'd pay a $5 right. uh, price to get a ticket to see a movie. You don't know what it is. You know the MPA rating. You know the approximate runtime. It is an advanced screening of a movie that had not been released. And they just started this on Monday night. So uh, we rolled out to see what we were going to see. Are they doing see. this every Monday? I don't think it's every Monday. Gotcha. I think it's maybe once a month, maybe once every couple months. Gotcha. I don't know. Um the film that they inaugurated this program with was the new uh, Taika Waititi comedy, uh, Next Goal Wins, also starring Michael Fassbender. Um, and it was okay. This thing comes out on November 17th in, in theaters everywhere. And YTT is coming off of not only an Oscar win for Jojo Rabbit, which is not a good movie, um, but the fourth Thor movie, which is also not a good movie. And I'm I'm disappointed to report that that Next Goal Wins is not quite a good movie, but it's certainly better than those last two. It's an underdog sports story. Um, Fassbender is this washed up, furious soccer coach who is sent to American Samoa uh, to coach the world's worst soccer team. They are literally ranked last, um, and the the rankings of world soccer teams, um, and it. You know, there are a bunch of ragtag misfits and they all learn a thing or two and he learns more and it culminates in the big game. Yada, yada, yada. No, You've so heard it's this like, before. It's been like back home. Um, it's cute. It's nice. It is um, not great. My bigger question here is this. So are you an AMC Stubbs member? Uh, of course. And is this open to only Stubbs members or to no, everybody? It's open to everybody. Were you I, able to use your Stubbs membership to purchase the ticket? Yes. And were you able to reserve a seat in advance? Yes. And were you how did you know about the film? Um I mean how did you know about the 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 program? I like, just happened to see that they were doing it. Yeah. Um looked into it. I had missed whatever press release or sort of marketing sure. push they had made about this new program. But we were able to get a couple seats at the end of a row. How was, how was attendance? Actually, pretty solid. Okay. Yeah, actually, pretty solid. We saw it at a at the uh, summit, yeah. and um, the room was decently full. Not Good. packed, but decently full. Good. So, you know, an interesting experiment. And nobody got up and left. Like, yeah, when they heard the title, yeah, they were like, there. "Oh, yeah, sure." We'll, we'll stay depart. and watch it. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I like so, that. Uh, I'll probably. I mean, it's a five dollar ticket, so even if you it's know you're out of a list re- reservations or whatever that week, you know you're not breaking the bank ticket, to yeah. to drop five dollars to see a movie that hasn't even come out yet. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, neat, Good for neat them. idea. That's a cool cool program. Yeah. So uh, some varying levels of recommendations there, um, but a lot of. I mean, movies are starting to come out again. <laughs> November and December are kind of packed, despite this uh, actor strike still dragging on and um, lack of promotion on any of these titles. They're actually starting to come out again. Of course, awards titles and more interesting stuff. They're still moving targets, everybody, though. Yeah, Just so I mean, you know, it the, is da- the dates so are here, there, and then not. Because they, they really want those actors to promote these movies. They really do. Um, and I don't blame them because we've, we're seeing what happens at the box office when actors are not available I mean, to, sure. to do promotion uh, for some of these smaller specialized titles, which I think is why the seen unseen thing exists. We need to build buzz for next right. goal wins without Michael Fassbender or Taika Waititi or anybody else you know, getting out there and talking about how good of a movie it is. So whoopsie daisy. Um, but, you know. 
a lot of stuff. Theaters are going to be packed. Streaming services are going to be packed. And, um, you know, some of these movies are even worth thinking about, worth checking out. So um, check them all out and uh, let us know what you think at uh, podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Send us an email and register your uh, thoughts on the movies of the day. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Charlie Sheen and Sammy Sheen. Who the fuck is Sammy Sheen? There's another one? <sighs> oh, Corey. Oh, no. Oh, Corey. Um, Sammy Sheen is Charlie Sheen's daughter. Okay. And Sammy. So they have a good relationship. S-A-M-I. Uh-huh. Launched an OnlyFans account. Uh-huh. And Charlie Sheen came out and said... He does not condone this OnlyFans account, and he's urging Sammy to, quote-unquote, keep it classy. Now, I'm going to let that sit with you for one second. Wait Charlie Sheen told his daughter to keep it classy. Now, I'm not going to throw rocks, and I'm not going to dogpile on Charlie Sheen, but this is the same guy who, at the height of his sitcom fame, just like 15 years ago or whatever, right, was talking about how much coke... And how many hookers that he had over at his place at any given moment. I mean, also, did he keep it classy with Heidi Fleiss? Like, he's been, his name been through the mud. You know what I mean? So. uh, Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I I just thought we'd land it at keep it classy, quoted by Charlie Sheen. But but I can't stop there. Okay. Because mom, Denise Richards. Sure. um, Is in full support. Is in full support of Sammy. And says that she's actually talked to Charlie and has calmed Charlie down. And part of what changed Charlie's mind, he's changed his tune, is that uh, his when he, once he learned that Sammy has now been able to purchase a Mercedes Benz and uh, move into a new home. Now, whether or not she purchased the new home, I don't know, but she has moved into a new home, all with her OnlyFans money. And so he feels a little better about it now. And by the way, Denise Richards was so inspired by her daughter's OnlyFans page that she herself has started her own OnlyFans page. And according to the one and only reliable resource TMZ, um, this is the quote, the mother and daughter duo is going strong on the OnlyFans site. (sighs) Yep. Sammy urges her users to sign up for her account for $19.99 a month, while mom, Denise, charges a more premium rate of $25 a month. Sure. Just so you know. There you go. So are you Sammy or are you Charlie? Keep it classy, Corey. Mm, I guess I mm, <laughs> I don't I don't love either of these options. I I Sorry. guess I'll, I guess I'll be Charlie. All I right. don't love that. I'm fine. I'm good. Look, if I'm making enough money on an OnlyFans page, which by the way, supposedly this involves no nudity. I don't know what she's doing on OnlyFans. But there's no nudity. She's like pictures she's of She's keeping feet. it classy. Just feet. Maybe just Tarantino's just Venmoing her every 10 minutes. Um, wow. I don't know, but she, it, look, she's bought she's bought the Mercedes. She's got moved into a new house. Yeah, I'll, I'm happy to be wow. Sammy Sheen. Wow, wow, wow. What's Charlie doing? Yeah, my OnlyFans <laughs> is not making shit. It's not making shit. Like I'm giving away memberships. Uh, Nobody nobody's interested in giving me money. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but good for her if if she can make that money. Why not? Why not? Uh, and Charlie, you know. Women are people. I don't know what to tell you. Oh. <laughs> like you're gonna have to tiger get used blood, Corey. Tiger blood. Gonna have to come around. Um, okay. Thank you to Boutwell Studios. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Brad, yeah. do you have an OnlyFans page? You want to direct people? Not yet. Yeah. 
Uh, you got to get on that, dude. You can apparently make a lot of money. Not that I have any experience, um, yeah. because I again, I'm not making shit. Side talks should have an OnlyFans page, and we could, like I like I've talked about before, we could maybe you know eat things on uh, into a microphone. Yeah, that doesn't work. I mean, I don't know, doesn't it? Not, doesn't it? Not for me. I mean, we've well, we got can, Sam like, in front of a camera and flipping pages. Somebody um, likes that. Somebody listening right now is like, yes, do that again. That's flipping notebook pages. Wow, I don't like that. Uh, podcast Corey. at sidewalkfest.com if you'd be interested in in, in OnlyFans Mama or said, side talks. It would be ring, mostly ring, 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 ring. Sam Eddins content, I have to imagine. Oh. If you will pay me to sing Imagine Dragon songs, I will get an OnlyFans page. If you will pay Rachel to not <laughs> sing exactly. if Imagine not Dragon to. songs, um, I think we would make more okay, money that way. fine. Either way, I can go either direction here, people. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. Uh, why don't you? Did we thank Boutwell and Brad? Thanks, Brad. If we didn't, oh, you're we welcome. can't. We can't. We're so old. We can't remember from one second to the next. I'm still stuck on. I, I'm stuck on a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, why don't you visit us online at sidewalkfest.com? Follow us on social media at Sidewalk Film on uh, Instagram and I don't know X and, and shit. Um, Corey Craft. At OnlyFans. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. What's your handle on the thing? I don't even I don't know, know how that works. I don't We're gonna actually figure know. We'll be back. We'll be back with the OnlyFans info next episode. I don't know that that's true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the, the OnlyFans thing was a bit. I don't actually Bye. have one. Just want to make that clear. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.